Well, ladies and gents, it is over. Extreme Rules has come and gone, and no one lost their titles tonight. Absolutely no one. Every single title holder retained their belts. So where did I go wrong? Technically, I was right about Bianca Belair. But I didn't count on Sasha Banks coming in there and um, <clears throat> making her presence felt. Y'all, it's time to get into the recap of Extreme Rules. We are literally two hours removed from the show, and my head is still reeling. But we are going to dive into each match. I'm going to tell you who won. I'm going to tell you if it was any good or if it was a bunch of bullshit. And we're just going to dive right into it. Okay? Let's start off with Bianca and Becky's match. A very good match, if you ask me. Both women rose to the occasion. You saw some spots where Bianca looked like she was going to win. And you saw some spots where Crotchfire looked like she was going to take the W. But it didn't get sticky-icky-icky until Cotton Ball-headed-ass Little Boy Blue brought her ass down the ramp where her cowboy in motorbike-inspired gear with her boots, which were very cute, by the way, out there attacking everybody in the ring with her freshly flat iron wig. The match was over because Sasha attacked Bianca in the middle of her almost beating Becky and winning the title. She then in turn attacked Becky, which made it very clear she was on no one's side but her own. And that title is all that she cares about. Which is fine, little boy blue. We ain't mad at you for that. But what we mad about is over two months ago, your punk ass didn't show up when it was necessary. But tonight, when no one called you, you will mysteriously poof, pop your cotton ball headed ass up out the ground. Where the fuck was you at at SummerSlam, bitch? Or two weeks before that, where was you at? Because, bitch, we've been looking at the clock and you didn't show up. And we had to deal with Becky running around talking about 26 seconds, 26 seconds, 26 seconds, sir, because of you. Professionalism. Yes. Okay. So ultimately, Becky was able to retain her title through DQ, but Bianca did win the match. However, we all know that in this type of match, no disqualification was qualified. None of that was in play in this particular match. So Bianca won via disqualification, but the title does not change hands on a DQ. Therefore, Becca is still champion and Bianca is still titleless. Here we are. Stuck again with Crotchfire as champion. Yay. Moving on, there was an impromptu match added to the match card. When Big E and New Day were coming into the arena, like they always do, they were full of positivity and happy and singing and singing and living their best life. Meanwhile, Bobby Lashley was still having a temper tantrum and in the tizzy because him lost his title and he wanted it back. Well, when he saw them come in and AJ Styles and Omos was being interviewed, he decided to attack the newly crowned WWE champion Big E. And of course, his friends was coming in to protect him and have his back 
while AJ Styles and Omos also jumped into the fray. This led to a six-man tag team match, which was very good, by the way. And it was very interesting. Xavier had an amazing showing in this match. Could it be that if King of the Ring starts, they'll finally give him the King of the Ring title that he so desperately craves? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Anyways, it ultimately ended up being Big E's night with him pinning Bobby Lashley or AJ Styles one of them i believe it was styles he pinned um i'm not sure y'all will have to go back on the peacock network and watch it which i'll get to the peacock network in a second but child biggie ended up winning and he was able to stand tall with his brothers in the new day in their beautiful fuji's inspired gear of the album the score which is their 25th anniversary and the fuji's are going on tour but they got some secret underground if you know somebody that you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody on the inside that knows somebody lauren hills hairdresser style shit that you have to know in order to get the damn tickets because they having this first concert in a secret location in new york and i'm just like girl like can I get a piece too? Like, why I got to be a part of the crew? Just let me in. I'm a fan. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to another match. Let's talk about the Usos versus the Street Profits. It was very bittersweet for me because I love both of these teams so much. My distinguished twins are part of the bloodline and I can't stand the CMB and Nino Brown. But I do love me some Street Profits. And because they always want the smoke, they were dead ass serious today. There was no joking. And the brothers did not come to play. They came to win. And they did everything in their power to keep going in that fight. Despite Montez having his ribs messed up from being beat down just two days earlier, he still went out there and did that frog splash at least four times, jumping off the top rope, sunset flips and everything he could think of. But ultimately the injury to his ribs was a full-blown target for the Usos and they were able to utilize that to their advantage and beat the Street Profits once and for all. It was a sad day to be an opponent in the bloodline. Speaking of the bloodline, let's jump to the last match of the night, okay? Roman went up against the demon Finn Balor, and it did not disappoint. It was a banger of a match. But where the match had a weird spot was at the end. Balor was already revived from his heartbeat of the demon and brought himself back to fruition and came in started beating Roman down and it just looked like Roman was going to lose and right when he got ready to get on the top rope to do the coup de gras all this smoke fills this part of the arena and all of a sudden the turnbuckle cracks and all you hear is this loud noise and then the lights come on, the smoke clears, and Finn Balor's on the mat holding his knee. Nobody knows what happened. Everybody's confused and bewildered. He stands up, Roman hits him with a spear, and the match is over. 
Roman Reigns wins. Now, granted, Roman had pulled out all the stops to win this match. From his cousins to chairs, homeboy was like, I'm not playing with y'all. I'm going to put a mask on when I go out here in these streets, okay? Because y'all not going to give me COVID. <laughs> he was like, no, sir, okay? He put a whole mask on and went out there and still beat Finn Balor down as much as he could. But like I said, ultimately, Balor was able to overcome those odds and he still lost because of this mysterious turnbuckle breaking. Now, granted, when this turnbuckle fell, the whole top turnbuckle rope collapsed, but that turnbuckle was falling. So it was tampered with because just prior to this match, Sheamus was jumping off of the turnbuckle and you know he weighed more than motherfucking uh, Ben Balor. You had Jeff Hardy doing swan time balls off of that, bombs off of that same turnbuckle. So it's very baffling that now said turnbuckle breaks. But Sheamus, I know for a fact, weighs more than Ben. So why did the turnbuckle break for Finn, but it didn't break for Seamus? Something in the milk ain't clean. Now, it's the one of two things has happened. Either this was a true accident and they were tightening the screws for this particular turnbuckle and it fell and nobody knew how it happened or somebody sabotaged Finn Balor so that he would lose. They knew that this was coming. They were aware of Finn Balor and how he was moving and they waited and they sabotaged him. It's the only thing I could think of. Now, I ain't never seen Paul Heyman move that fast before in my life, but my original instinct was that Paulie did it because he was already standing there before the turnbuckle cracked. Nobody had stood on the turnbuckle yet. He was standing there by the ring post then. So he very well could have loosened it or something. But when it was time, when Finn was standing up there, he didn't loosen it. He wasn't nowhere to be found. There was no one back there that we could see. The camera angle that they gave us was from the right side. I guess you could say my right of the camera and the front. They didn't do it from the left, which is very, you know, telling. So this leads me to believe that this is more of a kayfabe thing than it actually being something really bad. But everybody was confused. Roman was confused. Finn looked back like he didn't know what the hell was happening. Roman hit him with the spear. And when he looked up, the whole ring almost looked like it was caved in. And he was just like, what happened? That's all he kept saying was what happened. Something about this ain't right. And if we don't get no answers Friday, I'm going to be hella pissed. Okay. But let's go back to some of these other matches that we got on the card. Okay. We also got Charlotte Flair versus Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. For the most part, this was a pretty decent match. Wasn't nothing to be, you know, hype about. It was more about the end and what it continued to set up. Bliss had her dolly out there, of course. Charlotte used the doll to her advantage to distract Bliss. And when she threw it at her, Bliss tried to catch her. And this gave Charlotte the opening to do what was necessary to beat Bliss, which she did. She beat her. I wouldn't say it was fair and square, but she beat her. And all is right with the world, or so we thought. 
Charlotte took it a step further and decided to attack Lily even more by getting her and ripping her to shreds after she beat the hell out of Alexa Bliss because Bliss attacked her for throwing Lily in her face while she was trying to win the match. She then threw Bliss over the table and then commenced to ripping in Lily to shreds. Bliss didn't notice it until she got back up and saw Lily ripped to shreds in the ring. By then, Charlotte Flair was gone. She literally had a breakdown in the middle of the ring, tried to make it look like she was foaming at the mouth or bleeding at the mouth or the curse was coming out. But whatever happened, the tab didn't break and all you saw was the white tab in her mouth and her trying to sell her pain and anguish over her dear friend Lily being murdered right before her eyes. Now, if you're in kayfabe and you watch it in kayfabe like I do, you'll react to it and say, oh, poor Bliss. But if I know Alexa Bliss and I know how this character works, this is not the end of Bliss versus Charlotte Flair. This is going to continue. And I see a lot of mind games being played with Charlotte Flair. But she brought it on herself. So good luck with the prancing this time, queen. You're going to need it. Sidebar. Her gear was fire. I will accept nothing else other than her gear was fire. She was cosplaying as Venom. And the Venom side of her costume was eating at her original side of her costume. It was a very clever way to bring Venom into the conversation when it came to her gear. It also was mimicking that on her gear. You can clearly see it. I loved it. She wore one black boot, one gold boot to to finish the effect. It looked awesome. I loved it. It was fire. Good job on your gear, Charlotte. You're cosplaying with your gear to present all these different villains. It's cool. It's edgy. And it is so dope. I love it. You're doing a damn thing, girl. All right. So we talked about Becca We talked about Biggie. We talked about the Usos, Charlotte. And we talked about Bianca. And we talked about Roman. Now, Final match we're going to talk about is Damian Priest. Damian Priest had a triple threat match with Jeff Hardy, the legend, the icon, and Gangs of New York member Sheamus. Well, the match was as it was expected, a very good showing of all three men and what they're capable of. You had a lot of near misses, a lot of back and forths, and a lot of almost champions. But the all in all who willed out was Damian Priest. It came down to the three of them, of course. Sheamus thought he had it, but Damian Priest came in, took him out, and was able to get the W. At the end of the day, the two men who gave each other the most respect was Damian Priest and Jeff Hardy. And, of course, it was Damian Priest's birthday. So, happy birthday to you, Damian Priest. You get to keep your title. And you had a banger of a match here on Extreme Rules. My overall consensus of Extreme Rules is simple. Extreme Rules was a decent pay-per-view. It might have even been better if it was called a different name because there was nothing extreme about this pay-per-view other than Roman and Finn Balor's match. There was nothing extreme about it. The only thing 
that was extreme about this match, about this show, was the fact that Roman and Finn were able to use kendo sticks, chairs, tables, and that turnbuckle breaking in order for them to put on that caliber of a match. Nothing else extreme happened in this show. So one would have to ask, why continue to move in these streets with this pay-per-view being called Extreme Rules if you don't plan on utilizing it to its full potential? No one is arguing if this pay-per-view was good or bad because it was good. It was fun. It had its ups and its downs. It kept you glued to your seat and that is what it's supposed to do. But don't you guys think that maybe for a second, if you had to use maybe Judgment Day or No Mercy or even went to Backlash, that maybe the pay-per-view would have had a different meaning and a better undertone. You still could have given the match an extreme rule stipulation, but let it be for a different pay-per-view like Judgment Day or you could have chose Insurrection or anything other than extreme rules. It is time to let the extreme rules pay-per-view go into obscurity. Well, you guys let us know what you think about this show. As always, you can always send us a message on our Instagram or on our Twitter, or you can always message us on Anchor. You can always contact us there and give us your thoughts. Make sure you guys tag us on Twitter and Instagram with the hashtag down for the count. So you guys can let us know how you felt about Extreme Rules. I'm your girl, Tiffany E, and that's all I got. I ain't got no more. I mean, like I said, it was a good show. It was fun to watch. I yelled at the scream. I had a good time. But I always felt like it could have been better. And I still feel that way. And on that note, I'm going to go because I have to get up early in the morning. You guys... Make sure you follow us on our social media and I will see you guys next time.